Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, thank you back. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, welcome back to our number two on a Wednesday morning in the Northland. Right now, we want to bring on Peter Wood from uh, our our logging uh, once a month on the last Wednesday of the month. We have a place, we have a, a piece that we do that everybody gets excited about. I didn't know if it would catch on. I had no idea whether it would uh, be something that people were interested in. But logging has a huge impact, not only logging, but trucking and fuel. And this morning, we're going to find out what kind of an impact it has on fuel because Pete has brought in with you. Well, in fact, Pete, why don't I let you introduce Wade to our listening audience? Yeah, hello, folks. Hey, Brad, thanks for having us back on again. Uh, Peter Wood here. And I brought in today from North Shore Oil and Propane up at Silver Bay, Wade LeBlanc, who owns that. And he's been in the oil industry for many, many years. And what prompted this is back in, uh, when was the thing, when they had the explosion over in Superior in the oil refinery? Mm-hmm. Caught on fire, remember that? And we, I didn't know the extent of it, and I thought it would be, well, hopefully nobody got hurt. You always have that in mind. You don't want nobody to get hurt. And then you found out nobody did. And then, okay, how, what kind of supply is going to happen here? Because in all businesses, logging, we're all hooked together, and you always get concerned about your supply. You have to learn to me to learn from your past, your, your present, and your future, and you're always looking all around constantly. And fuel is the lifeblood for logging. It is for all industries is fuel and i didn't know the extent of the problem there but um fuel can be a major major factor in things especially coming up this winter so i talked to wade about coming on about i don't know two three months ago and that's usually how long it takes to get people to come on is a little bit of time and so for wade to come on this is uh great because what's coming up i think could be a major problem here for all of us thanks for having me peter and brad you bet. And, Wade, maybe you can talk a little bit about what Pete was uh, referring to there. Are, are we going to have some shortfalls this winter? Or I, I we think see? we're going to. Um, you know, the Superior Refinery was, was technically a small refinery in, in retro comparison to other ones down south by sure. the Gulf, but it's still 40,000 barrels a day that, that's not in production. So, and the pipeline coming up from the Twin Cities, I was told can carry about 20,000 barrels a day. So we have wow. trucks going farther and farther to get fuel and gasoline than, than we had before, and it's going to continue, from what everybody says, till 2020. So it... Uh, is that is that what they're suggesting, Wade, that it's going to take to get uh, the Superior facility back up and in full running mode? That's from all that indications. Long? That's what I've been told, yes. Wow. So this this has has had and will continue to have a major impact on uh, supply and production here. Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, believe it or not, in the last uh, couple of days, um, we, we've we've had shortages up here, and, and we really haven't felt it. But it, you know, partially because you know we've had some bad weather, which affects the tourism coming to our area, so the demand is a little less. But last couple days gasoline's been very hard to get and we've actually been out of alec out of product in esco and in renshaw our two local supply points now that we don't have superior so trucks are going farther and uh and once somebody goes to the twin cities it uh 
drivers can only drive be on duty so many hours a day so you go down to the twin cities you lose that that productivity time for the rest of the day so it's been very uh uh once it gets cold we, we could run into some issues very yeah. very serious issues well, that that's the issue, isn't it, Wade? I mean, right now we've had decent weather where we haven't had a huge supply of uh, especially heating oil to be burned up. But once we start getting into that cycle, uh, maybe January, early February, where we start hitting some days 20 below or whatever, we're going to see some real issues on supply. Oh, I, th- I think so. And, the, and, and different t- different parts of the year, refineries are gearing up for different parts that, that you need. Gasoline for the summer, diesel fuel, and number one diesel in the winter. So, And every, every gallon of crude can only make so much of certain things. So sometimes you produce more of one thing and less of another depending upon the time of the year. And, and uh, number one in the last mm, five, six years has been really tough to get at times. And uh, when I was a, when I was a a, a very youngster, you, you could remember where the spread from number one to number two was always a dime a gallon. Didn't matter what year, what time of year. And there sure. have been at times in the winter where it's been 70, 80 cents a gallon difference in spread. And, Whew. you know, it, it, if it becomes tight and it's going to, you're going to see that again. I'm, I'm, I'll almost guarantee it. Well, wait, explain to our listeners, uh, what is what is the difference between the product? What is number one used mainly for? When it gets really, 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 really cold. And okay. in the last 10 years, you, you've heard you've heard them talk about biodiesel, you know, yes. and right. biodiesel um, is just a component of diesel. And over time, they've taken some of the some of the parts of the fuel out that that made it less more lubricity and okay so in the past couple of years the fuel today isn't as good as it was 40 years ago 40 years ago number two used to be good down to zero five below and now sometimes at 10 or 15 even 20 above depending upon the piece of equipment that you're running because tolerances on newer piece of equipment everybody's running higher and higher pressures and uh and getting the most out of their fuel and the fuel just isn't as good as it used to be, and in uh, in, in my own instance, I've seen many times where we've had injector problems on tr- on our trucks that uh, we never used to see years ago. So, and it's going to be an ongoing problem every time they make they put a change in the fuel, and then the engine manufacturers have to keep up with that. Well, Wade, let me bring Pete into this discussion here a little bit because uh, uh, when I, when when Pete know, uh, told me that you were going to be on with him this morning, uh, I I remembered back a number of years ago when I first met Pete, and Pete talked about that being a logger was more than just getting out in the woods and cutting wood. You had to be a businessman, and you had to anticipate the ups and downs. And Pete, years ago, put tanks in his, on his property where he could buy fuel when it was low-priced, store it until it uh, until he needed it, and he might beat the cycles of up and down. So we have got to take our break, but uh, maybe, Pete, when we come back off of this break, if you can uh, talk with Wade a little bit about how loggers prepare for these ups and downs or shortages that might be coming down the line so sure. yep. we'll take yep. a we'll, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk to uh, both pete wood and uh, 
Wade LeBlanc. Catch Sound Off on your schedule. Download the podcast today at 710WDSM.com. Giant Redwood. Larch. The fur. The mighty Scots pine. The smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the lavatory. On Wednesday, I'll go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. There you go. You got to keep that Wednesday open for the shopping, Bradley. That, there you go. I guess so. Uh, say, uh, Pete, you know, every time yep. I hear that song, I keep thinking I should ask you, when you're out there in the woods, where do you go to the lavatory? <laughs> when anybody's not looking. <laughs> and usually there's only two, three people that can, and we're all busy as we are. <laughs> there you go. But, there you go. Anyway. Okay, but let's, let's yep. go back to this discussion, because I remember talking to you years ago, and I, I thought... Boy, there's a smart guy. You know, a lot of people think that logging has to do with only keeping your chainsaw filed up and, uh, you know, making sure you got that lubricated. But you knew that uh, part of the business, you you went through a lot of uh, fuel, uh, both yes. burning it in your trucks and on everything else. Yeah, and equipment, And yes. so you put the storage facilities in years ago. Yeah. Um, if you talk to my family, they'd say, uh, Brad, they'd probably argue with you on the smart part of it. I just learned from my mistakes. <laughs> Remember, you ever heard the story of, oh, that's just Billy. He makes, uh, he's just, uh, he has, uh, uh, he's accident prone. You ever heard that? No, yeah. poor Billy. Oh, he's yeah. just accident prone. To me, yeah. Billy never learned from his mistakes. That's a big huh. thing is that, yeah, you, accident prone is a nice political way of saying somebody is not learning. To me, and part of learning is understanding what's going on about other businesses around you because we're all hooked together. So if you sure. take one of those legs out, it it can disrupt the whole economy. And and for us in logging, yeah, we're a small part, but we're still a part. But fuel is a big part that it can affect everyone. And so, like with our fuel system, yes, I can weather the storm somewhat, but there's a certain part you can't. You can buy it wrong too, and then all of a sudden it goes down. That can happen. Right now, we're not trying to be a doomsday machine here. What we're just trying to do is just uh, let people realize there could become a major shortage where all of a sudden, when, when, I, when I drive by a gas station, okay, let's do it this way. Folks, when I drive by a gas station, I look at the green sign all the time. And the green sign is the diesel fuel. I look at that okay. first all the time because that's what affects me. Gas is not that important to me because we don't consume that much. You know, you fill up your car, you're doing 20 gallons. A semi will consume 100 plus gallons a day. Just one semi. Okay, if you've got somebody that's putting a fair amount of hours, he's going to consume a fair amount of fuel. And then you've got your equipment in the woods that consume many, many gallons a day all the time. Right. So I look at the green sign. Where is it at? How much is it? And I know if, if right now coming in with 339 a lot of places, diesel fuel, green. I don't even know what the unleaded price was. I didn't even look. But that's what I look at constantly because consume, we consume so much of it. And when I call Wade up and looking for a transport load of fuel... It can be a day out, a week out, but now with what happened with the refinery and what oil refinery is being built, they're not really being built, they're being upgraded, it becomes a major concern because where is the fuel coming from? And you do not want to run out. 
The other thing is, could it be in January, all of a sudden, number one, you can't even get or you can get, but you're going to pay $3 a gallon more? No, you think on that. It could happen. And don't, don't get me wrong. It may not. I hope it doesn't. I hope I'm wrong with this. But what happens if it does? All of a sudden, you can't even get the fuel? What do you do then? Every, it, until it affects people in the pocketbook or trying to get gas at a gas station where, okay, remember back in the 70s, I think the gas lines were you had to have a license plate with an even number at the end or yes. an odd number yes. at the end, and that's when you can buy your gas. We haven't seen that for 40 years. I hate to say it, Pete, but I'm old enough that I I went through that cycle. I used to have to watch my gas tank because I could only buy gas on odd and even days. And, it, and, it, and what did it do? It would, we never ran out of gas then. We didn't run out of gas now. But you could get to a point where you can't get enough gas in, and then you ration it. I look at it this way. Society as a whole runs on half a tank of gas. All Everybody, sure. half a tank. Some are full, some are empty. But basically, if you want to cross the line, half a tank. Now, if all of a sudden everybody believes they're empty because they're panicking because they can't get it, now you, you can cause your own ripple effect of problems. Oh, and yeah. with, with Wade, I talk to him now and then on a regular basis about situations, and then that's why I wanted to have him come on because I thought this could become a real problem in the very near future because you only have so much can be piped in. Superior is going to be down. It could be two full years from when it happened. It's only a matter of time that the tanks start to get emptier and emptier that you can't keep up. They have a driver you situation, know, I, that kind of stuff. There's I, many things. Peter, I think really a lot of us did not take into consideration that uh, that Superior was going to be down for that long a period of time. And that that's a lot of product on a daily basis that isn't in the supply line. Yeah, that's why with Wade here, I'd like to have him hit on that just a hair. But I thought, it, when I honest, folks, when I honestly saw that happen, I thought, okay, is it even going to be down? After you knew nobody was hurt, is it even going to be down? And then you find out it's right. down. They're not producing? No, they're not producing at all. And you start, well, is it going to be a week, a couple of months, a month? You thought it would be a short time. And then you find out two years? Yeah. Where is my fuel oh, coming yeah. from now? That's what goes through my mind right away because I have to have fuel to run your business. That's part of being in business. You cannot be Billy accident prone. You have to well, look and, into the future. And, Wade, let me throw in something else to this monkey wrench and ask you to comment on that. Right now, the economy is booming. We're seeing uh, mining uh, taking off like uh, it hasn't in a long, long time. The economy as a whole is generating a lot of employment. Uh, people are working. Uh, there's less and less people on the unemployment lines. Is all of this plus business going to have an effect on the supply as well? Oh, most certainly. Uh, and, and we, you know, when you think of Duluth Superior Market, it's not a very big market. So the, the, the next closest terminals are Twin Cities, Alexandria, Fargo. Uh, there's one just east of the cities, and then you go to Green Bay and Junction City. You know, um, all of a sudden, you know, like everybody's short of drivers now. You know, yeah. it, it, the economy is so good that uh, that we're short of drivers. And to to train a driver today compared to 10 or 15 years ago and get, and get their licenses is I uh, used to be able to do it in a month, get a guy trained in and, and have him go. Well, now sometimes it could be five or six months to get a driver trained in and go and get all his credentials, you know, between background checks and fingerprinting with all the the extra security steps that we had today that we never used to have to deal with. Sure. 
Well, this is interesting stuff, folks. Uh, Kenny, I know we got to take our uh, Fox News break. Uh, uh, when we come back, let's talk a little bit about what we as uh, consumers of uh, of your products can do to you know, make our uh, situation a little bit easier and uh, not put so much stress on the pipeline or on the supply line, shall we say. So, uh, Kenny, let's do our Fox News, and then we'll come back with Wade LeBlanc from uh, North Shore Oil and Propane and Pete Woods from our logging uh, group. We'll be right back. More of Sound Off is on the way. Coming up at 11, it's your daily fix of Rush. 710 and FM 98.1 WDSM. Updates brought to you by Lady O'Collins Emporium, 31 West Superior Street, a place of magic in downtown Duluth, 722-2240. That's Lady O'Collins Emporium. WDSM AM 710 and FM 98.1. WDSM time 940. Of course, that is a Woody Herman, Woodchopper's Ball, and Brad, if I could just for a moment give you an update on the markets, you're going to like this. Please. Yeah, the Dow is soaring. The Dow is up 371 points. S&P up 44. NASDAQ up 185. And oil is up slightly 66.33 a barrel. And part of that, Kenny, corporate profits are surging right through the roof. And that is a huge part of it. And the other part of it is consumer confidence is at an 18-year high. You know, I'm kind of curious. Uh, Pete Wood, uh, do do you, you know, athletes and people that run, they listen to music. Do you listen to music when you're out in the woods chopping? Uh, Not that often, no. Because a lot of times I listen... I listen more to talk radio on that. The reason why is music is fine, but I don't learn anything. And I always figure learning is an ongoing process constantly. And I don't have time to read the paper. I listen to, what is his name again, Brad or something like that? I listen to him a fair amount. <laughs> I would imagine, too, well, you're, you, you've got to pay attention to what you're doing out there. You, if you hear something that doesn't sound right. Yeah, you've... but you, I've been doing it so long, and when you do it so long, it becomes second nature. You can be running equipment with your hands and feet and the machine is moving you're watching the bucket move or the machine move and you're thinking the machine is doing it you honestly yeah. believe the machine is doing it you don't believe you're doing it because you're so in tune to it so you can be doing this i can be loading the truck a load. anybody that's been working in the woods industry for a while and is good at what they do you can watch the machine work and you're thinking of something totally different you're listening oh, what yeah. the, what's going on the radio Listen to the stock market report. Listen to what the price of barrel is, oil. You're listening to all these things, and you're planning your mind, and the machine is moving. And you don't realize you're so in tune to it that that's you doing it. So it's hard to describe, but it, it, it does. you become one with the machine in a way. And it takes a well, long time, a long time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And, and Pete, uh, I just want to give you and Wade both a heads up. Uh, people are sending me emails during the show, and they're saying, great show. Uh, and especially a nice alert on the issue of, of potential shortage of fuel and the potential of an increase in the cost. Because as one of our listeners, Davey, just said, Wade, and said, you know what? Everything is delivered by fuel. When when you drive when 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 my wife and I come down to Florida every winter, uh, and on our way down here we we sometimes get upset about it when we see row after row after row of eighteen wheelers and we're trying to get in and out of traffic and, but then you stop to think that it's our entire supply chain being moved 
on trucks, and all those trucks are burning fuel. Yes, that's a... It's a need and a want and a, a business opportunity for somebody to make money, and that's the name of the game, is you want to make money out of it, otherwise you won't exist. We're not trying to cause anybody to get excited and uh, start running to gas stations and blocking up traffic. And that's, that's not it. It's just to be aware that this could be a, a possibility in the future, that there could be a major problem we hope to avoid. So yeah. like you're asking before we want to break is what could uh, individuals do? I look at fuel all the time, but most people, they don't care about diesel fuel until they need to buy some for their house or for something. But most people are their cars. And what you could do for your car is maybe like Wade and I were talking earlier, why don't you keep your car a little bit fuller? Uh, maybe like I told one friend yesterday is you could do is buy a few five-gallon cans of gas and put it in your garage and then keep cycling because the gas doesn't last that long. Is cycle no, it. No, no. So you have at least 10 gallons of gas in case an emergency. That's all. But, like, fuel also kind of signaling the loggers a little bit that, you know, keep your heads up here on this situation because come winter, you may not be able to get number one fuel, and you cannot run number two in your off-road when it's 20 below. You will have major problems. You bet. Even uh, a couple years ago, you know, we had that shortage of propane, and, 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 you know, it was very hard to get, and for about a three-week stretch, you know, some of our trucks were going down to Benson, Minnesota to get propane where everybody was out or on allocation. And it was, uh, you know, and you, you don't want to scare or create panic, but, you know, in, in where we live is not a big metropolitan area. So if, no. if one terminal has trouble and it and it just fingers out to the other terminals, and all of a sudden they're, they're, everything's getting stretched a little little more. That's why when you see hurricanes hit down in the Gulf, <clears throat> that's where all, I mean, a good chunk of our oh, country's yeah. refining is. And they try to get those things back online as possible because it's like a rubber band. You can only stretch that rubber band so far before it snaps and breaks. Yeah. And up here in the Midwest, wait, how many refineries are there actually in the whole upper Midwest? Well, you know, Chicago has a couple. There's just the one in Wisconsin, and now that's shut down. And then there's two in Minnesota, you know. So, uh, you know, they, they have short-term storage if they when they're doing repairs and yeah. maintenance and stuff. But long-term troubles, you know. When you start stretching the supply thin, it could affect everybody, and, it, and it, when it does, it could affect it in a short period of time. Well, Wade, uh, when you talk about refineries in Minnesota now, Renshaw used to actually do refining, but don't they just store capacity now? That is correct, yep. I think that refinery shut down in the mid-'70s, early-'70s, and I believe there was another one in Superior, too. You know, but with the government rules and regulations, the— I had looked online before I came. The last major refinery that was built was in 1977 in Louisiana of 200,000 barrels a day. Well, now that sure. that particular refinery is about 550,000 barrels a day. There has been since then 14 refineries built since 1977, and the largest of them was very similar in size to Superior. You know, and some of those are... are uh, specific uh re- refining specific products i'm not sure if they're all oil gas and diesel fuel refineries but you know when i added up those 14 it was 265,000 barrels a day when they were built well yeah. our country is 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 gone way over that and and most of the refineries have have increased their capacities um exponentially some of them are you know six seven hundred thousand barrels a day Sure. You know, when they were sure. built for 200000 So, I mean, 
we're, we're uh, we use a lot of uh, petroleum in our, in our country and and try getting by without it for a day. I don't think anybody could. Well, and I don't know that anybody has put the connection together yet about Embridge, for example, wanting to replace uh, Line Three. Uh, that would increase capacity by a large amount. Uh, and that's uh, fuel coming in from the oil fields up in Canada and other places. I'm not so uh, sure that, how, how much it will increase the production, you know, but it, it, it would make it a, a more uh, reliable supply. Well, and, I remember talking to John Swanson from uh, Embridge, and he said it would improve capacity because the line is bigger it's bigger around, and uh, and it would increase it by, uh, I forget how much he said, but but even a little bit. You know, it's amazing what you talked about first, Wade, the fact that the, the Superior Refinery, when it went down, is 40,000 barrels a day capacity. Yep. That's a lot out of the system. Well, it's I a mean, lot out of the system for a small area, a small population area like we live in. It, it most certainly yeah. is, yep. I think the well, listen. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Well, guys, I was just going to say I uh, I'm being signaled that we have to cut our segment off here, but I I really appreciate uh, uh, Pete you coming in again as always. Look forward to it every month, but especially bringing Wade in today to talk a little bit about this potential that might be a problem that we've got to pay attention to in the future. So. Uh, thank you both for coming in this morning. We've got to take our last break of the hour, and then we'll come back and wrap up our number two here on Sound Off in the Morning. <laughs> 